Okay, here we go. Hello everyone, hope you're all doing well. Evening all, hello Detailer7, Gerald G, welcome back baby. Hello, hello. Uh, looking forward to the show. Thank you very much. Um, I do appreciate this. So I am uh, doing the format a bit different this time. Uh, I used to just stream on uh, Getter, uh, the, for Getter Live, but now I'm going to be streaming on uh, multiple platforms just to make it easier for people um, to actually see what's going on. So this will be um, the first of many interviews. Now, over the last few weeks, um, the debate around vaccine injuries has actually really, really sped up, uh, much to my delight, um, because I think the focus for many people was just the lockdowns um, and how unjustifiable and unscientific they were. And we were given these vaccines as a shred of hope, a shred of hope to give us our freedoms back, to enable us to work, to enable us to go to school, to enable us to even just go to the gym which if you think about that, just logically, uh, one of the biggest risk factors to COVID being hospitalised to dying um, is actually being obese. Yeah, we weren't allowed to exercise during lockdown and then exercise is actually weaponized against us. So can't get uh, a gym membership, can't go to the gym unless you take this mRNA injection. And... The narrative from the mainstream media, from uh, all of our medical professionals, from our politicians, has been that these injections are safe and effective. 
And of course, there are a lot of studies that back these up, these claims up, um, but there are studies based upon a false premise. And that premise was that, you know, the clinical trials that uh, Moderna, Pfizer, AstraZeneca partook in, um, they were above, above board, they were safe, they were scrutinised. Uh, more and more evidence is coming out to demonstrate that they were, in fact, not. I'm in the UK, as many of you are uh, that are watching. Some of you will be from other parts of the world. And the debate right now um, has been sparked by Andrew Bridgen, MP, a Conservative MP, that has come out um, and released facts about the harms of the vaccine um, from scientists and cardiologists, many of which um, are from places like Israel. Uh, but the debate doesn't just exist here. The victims don't just live um, where we live. And that's one thing that's been very, very eye-opening for me. I mean, I knew there were obviously vaccine-injured uh, victims all over the world, but I've never actually had the opportunity to speak to them. There have always been people that live here in this country that are under um, the jurisdiction of the government's uh, vaccine damage payment system, which is absolutely disgusting, by the way. Those that claim to care about health and have promoted this jab seemingly and suspiciously don't care about the after effects of it, uh, which I'll get into later uh, this evening. But today I'm joined by two incredible people uh, from New Zealand. I'm joined by Brett Nen. Um, he's a husband and a father to three children. Um, the youngest of these three children uh, was Rory, 26 years old, um, who sadly died in November 2021. Um, and this wasn't even two weeks after getting his first Pfizer injection. Um, his dad says he was fit and healthy. I believe him. Um, I've watched a documentary uh, that is on Rumble. It's called Silent No More. And Rory um, and Rory's parents feature in that. Um, he had his whole life ahead of him, just 26 years old. His death was the first to be acknowledged formally uh, through a coroner's request as having died from myocarditis caused by the vaccine. So there can be no debate over what caused it, no umming and ahhing, not claiming COVID could have been worse. We know what caused it and um, it was the vaccine. Now, Brett, he wants to raise awareness of his son's death and the injury caused by these COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, I think the more accurate term for them is gene therapy. These are gene therapies, and this has already been admitted numerous times, most recently um, at the World Economic Forum, where um, one of their loonies claimed that we could use um, the technology in the mRNA COVID vaccines to basically recalibrate our biology and DNA, which is absolutely terrifying. And um, the second amazing person that I'm going to be speaking with this evening is Ali Cook. So Ali Cook um, is a, a recording artist and a, public, a publicist who has been a relentless campaigner um, for dangers surrounding the mRNA shot. Uh, but she also has a personal experience of, of these harms. Her own son is one of thousands suffering pericarditis and myocarditis from one dose of Pfizer um, now a year after the shot. Um, he sadly spent his Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve in, in hospital uh, because of what the government told them to do. They thought they were doing the right thing. She's been instrumental in pushing out the film Silent No More, which is on uh, Rumble. I'll be showing you um, 
some snippets of that, some bits uh, that I find important. And she wrote the song Little White, Little White Crosses, which is a reference to vaccine injury um, and to the white crosses that hung across the forecourt of parliament with the names of those dead and injured on them. Uh, important to note, uh, the crosses were seen in all mainstream media coverage in New Zealand um, of the parliamentary protests. They were trying to submit um, a petition to parliament. They were, they were blocked from actually doing so. Um, uh, but the media never mentioned what the crosses were for, of course, because obviously that doesn't suit uh, the agenda, unfortunately. So I'm going to introduce both of them now. Hello, Ali. Hello, Brett. Hello, Hi. Hello Dominic. Thank you. Thank you so much uh, for coming to speak to me this evening. Uh, well, morning where you are. <laughs> I really, really, really appreciate it. Stories like yours um, are just so important. Um, so just to start with, I'm, I'm going to come to you, Ali. Um, so, I mean, before the COVID vaccines were actually mandated and the lockdowns were happening, I know that New Zealand had um, one of the most extreme forms of lockdown there was. Um, sort of, do, do, have you taken the vaccine? What sort of motivated you to take uh, the vaccine and, and your son? Right, well, I, I have not taken the vaccine. So right from the start, I didn't trust it at all. Right. Um, you know, so that, that was no question at all. But what happened here was was uh, after the lockdowns, when the vaccine came in, was severe mandating. And I mean, right across employment. So there was government mandates across health and education. So all teachers, all nurses, anybody working in um, healthcare. And then companies were encouraged to do it so it went right across it was people in supermarkets truck drivers it was everything and my son was a truck driver yeah. um and you know being young they you know they want don't want to lose their job um and so against his will um against his better thought he went and did it and um six hours later he was in an ambulance he was in his 50 ton truck thundering down the road with two trailers on and all of a sudden couldn't breathe he six hours later six hours later yeah so how, after old, the shot, how old is your son sorry 26 26 wow yeah 26. and so he um he collapsed at the wheel but he managed to hit the health line button and he was found by the ambulance with his lights flashing in the middle of State Highway 1, our main highway that goes through New Zealand, um, draped over the wheel. And they pulled him away, took him off uh, to um, hospital. And the ironic, amazing thing that happened, and this is really um, a sign of the gaslighting, as he was on the hospital gurney, lying on the gurney, unable to breathe, with his heart at over 200 beats per minute, the doctor leaned over the top of him and said, don't let this put you off your second shot. And he couldn't even get the breath out to say, pardon me, um, <laughs> which was not what he was trying to say. But that is an example of how they were gaslit. So he was gaslit. Um, they didn't blood test him. They didn't. They basically threw him out and said it was anxiety. And the next day he went anxiety. back into hospital. And, yep. And the next day he was back in hospital again in Christchurch. And this time they scanned him and found inflammation and stuff. And then the next day he was in Queenstown because he tried to travel back and went into hospital again. Um, and he's had bouts throughout the year. And then this year 
on Christmas Eve, we were all sitting around the barbecue and he went, my heart hurts again. And I went, oh, no. And he said, I need to go to hospital right now. And so he went to hospital and he was diagnosed with pericarditis. Um, and then he sort of got onto medication. They put him on inflammatories. And then he went off to go to somewhere for New Year's Eve down to Twizel. And he got as far as Geraldine about halfway down. And he went, my heart hurts again. I need to go to hospital. And they took him back, and he actually ended up back in Ashburton in the same hospital he came in, the original ambulance on New Year's Eve, um, again with pericarditis, and he's just recovering from it now. Um, so it's the doctor, we're lucky enough to have an integrative doctor, and the doctor has said it's now chronic. So it's now an ongoing myocarditis, so pericarditis. Will never be the same. I mean, he's... He's had a car accident four years ago and, and had really badly damaged legs. He spent many months in hospital and he said, I've got poked legs and now I've got a stuffed heart. Do you reckon I'm going to make 50? You know, so like he's he's now looking over his shoulder all the time and, um, you know, and it, and it shows that to me that they haven't learnt anything from Rory. You know, they're not, they're not taking it seriously. They're not looking at ways to fix it and I mean we're with an integrative doctor so he's looking at natural things to help switch off this inflammation process mm. that's happening in his heart and um, you know the best a cardiologist will do is scan you and throw you on anti-inflammatories and steroids and send you on your way and I mean what this is going to go on forever I mean where's the research to help people like my son and, and this and is the thing I mean the level of of psychopathy that our medical professionals are displaying. He almost died. Yeah. Um, well, they gaslit yeah, Go on. They gaslit him on the first one. On the second time through, um, he said to the doctor um, at Nelson Hospital, and he said to him, look, I know you can't talk about this. He said, but this is ongoing from my vaccine, right? And he said the doctor just looked at the floor and nodded yes. Like, And then the nurse down in Ashburton actually said, there's a lot like you coming in, you're not on your own. So there was a little bit more of an admittal. It was a little bit less gaslighting and more of an admittal. But because those, I think because those doctors are so shut down, they're not able to help. You know what I mean? So they, they, they're too scared to admit that what you've got is what you've got. Mm. I think um, that's, you know, because they, they could get in trouble and lose their licence. They've seen what's happened to their colleagues that have spoken out. Um, and so we're left with people now, with doctors that are in there that can't practice proper medicine because they're too scared to admit what they're seeing. And and then because we've got that, now there's no research to help people who are mRNA damaged because, let's face it, they yeah. first the denial, then the inability to treat somebody who's actually suffering for an mRNA vaccine injury. And, and for you, Brett, I mean, your son um, sadly passed away as a result of of these injections was there any denial from from medical professionals were they reluctant to actually attribute his death to um the vaccine um yeah thanks dominique i um so uh rory i didn't take the vaccine chris and i never took it and we tried to warn our kids about it um i had similar uh, feelings about it to what ali's expressed right from the start and in fact i i i'd actually sent a clip which was a four minute clip of peter mccullough to, to rory uh, the mm -hmm. doctor from america peter mccullough four minute long speaking about myocarditis and warning about it but uh 
look, he 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 just couldn't he just couldn't um couldn't deal with it. He's dead. I just want to get on with my life. You know, he, he just didn't believe it that the government would do this and that. Who uh, so to, denial initially um we couldn't get rory's medical records from the medical center so we just contacted them and said can we have rory's medical records straight away this is like the next day after it happened and they said oh yeah we'll send them to you standard form standard procedure um they never sent them so we called back and they said no we're not sending them we're holding them under the privacy act um so they'd been told not to send them out um but they didn't so really they, want they us tried to, know. to withhold just Rory's uh, standard medical records here, um, because we wanted to see if the if his vaccination was on the record. Well, we found out the day he was vaccinated anyway, which was November the fifth, um, and yeah, we had a bit of a um, a bit of a wee game going on. We um, straight away I, I rang a lawyer on the morning and I said to him what had happened, and he said, Look, "Ring them and tell them we're going to do an independent autopsy." So. So I did, rang the coroner's office, and I think really that was like a shot across the bow. We had all our correspondence go through the lawyers, and I think they knew we were watching them. Um, and, yeah, we sort of inadvertently found out, uh, uh, without not directly, but inadvertently found out that the pathologist had come up with a diagnosis of a florid myocarditis, um, and but they hadn't released that information. Um, and then it was a few, maybe the next week, so probably a month after it had happened that we actually got got the word from the coroner. The coroner was actually quite a, quite a decent human being and rang mm. us up and was really concerned about you know us as a family and and uh, told us what had happened. The health department didn't want Ministry of Health didn't want that information out before the weekend. They wanted the opportunity to do a media release themselves, but the coroners said, "No, bugger them. I'm I'm dealing with this family," and um, and so we found out, yeah, before the weekend, and 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 actually, uh, Ashley Rory's fiance ended up putting up a post on social media, so it kind of went viral before right. Ministry of Health really really got the chance to do their thing. And when you obviously found out that it indeed was vaccine related um could you just I, I know it was probably painful f for you but could you just share what what your feelings were well the truth is dominique um we knew it was vaccine related right from right. the very second that it happened i mean there was not a question in my mind that it was vaccine related and for some um you know like i don't i can't really explain it you know, whether it was a kind of pre-sentient thing or just a just a parent's kind of gut instinct. But Chris and I had actually cried about our kids and Rory specifically, you know, being harmed by the vaccine. Mm. And a couple of weeks before, because we knew he was going to take it, you know, yeah. and because he said he was going to take it because he was getting married and he, he needed to take it. And so we were really kind of, kind of, strangely kind of prepared and the morning we got the call from Ashley you know something's happened to Rory I knew straight away what it was you know so how did I how did we feel can't explain it I mean I, I, I you know just you know completely blown out and completely gutted out you know I mean I, I'm not yeah. sure how to say it really no um, I understand yeah, and even now, I mean, it's like I think the thing about it now is, I mean, Rory's gone; he's he's not coming back. So, um, really, 
there should be some accountability. I mean, someone needs to, you know, someone needs to take responsibility for this. And, you know, Absolutely. it's at a senior, it's at a senior level in the government. It's the prime minister. It's the, yeah. it's the, it's the COVID minister. It's the minister of health and those people in the ministry of health that are connected with the COVID program. They're the ones who need to take responsibility. Right. And um, just for both of you, I mean, why do you think that there is such a reluctance to accurately attribute these deaths and injuries to the COVID-19 vaccine? I personally have a theory. Um, I think it's because there was no informed consent. Um, people were not told about the risks. Um, they were told that there were no risks, that this was 100% safe and effective. Although for me, immediately when, it, immediately when I heard those percentages and figures, it sounded like something from a dictatorship from far, far away. You know, when you hear about people getting 99% of the vote, it just doesn't sound real, does it? Um, however, I think it's partly to do with the fact that these people pushed this injection um, and, and didn't tell people the risk. So therefore, they themselves are both morally and in some cases legally liable. Does either one of you want to, I mean, do you agree? What yeah, are your thoughts? yeah um, my thoughts on that are, well, in the first instance, they didn't want people like Rory or like my son, and I will say the thousands of New Zealanders, because now through the silent No More movement and movie, I am in contact with thousands of New Zealanders, mm -hmm. and, and many like um, the Nairn family who are trying to prove their loved one's death, you know, that maybe weren't so switched on to have got a lawyer involved early, and I think that that's a key lesson in um, Rory's death is that Brett and Chris took that action to get their lawyer and to get that independent autopsy so that it could be proven um, before the the you know M the MOH Ministry of Health tried to circumvent it. And and the thing is, they don't want people like my son and like Rory. They don't want their stories out there because it puts other people off from getting it. You know, yeah. that's that's one of the first things that they don't want. And then there is the culpability, the li the liability of and and I mean really the trucking firm that that um that mandated my son and I and my husband and myself were the same we tried we tried to warn our children not to have this and only one of them didn't the other two did and one is injured one seems to be okay at the moment so um yeah so it's 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 really that the um they don't want other people to feel that way. And the interesting thing was when the campaign was happening here, our, our, our Prime Minister had this term called the team of five million, you know, because there's five million Kiwis. Oh, you're part of the team of five million. Well, when you get injured, all you see is the backs of the five million running down the field in the opposite direction. They're not there to support you. There is no support network. In New Zealand, we have a thing called Accident Compensation Corporation, ACC, which um, covers for injury, loss of life, um, and injury in the workplace and that sort of thing. It's like a, we pay it in our taxes. Well, even that now, most of the most of the vaccine injured people in New Zealand are fighting. You know, some through lawyers to get yeah. to get coverage, to get help, just to be able to get an appointment with the cardiologist or to go and see a specialist doctor, an immunologist or whatever. That's expensive, and some people can't afford that. And and you know they're fighting. They're now fighting a government department who, of course, doesn't want to recognise them because every one of them that they recognise, it's another tick saying there's another damaged person. In New Zealand, we have now our um, 
reporting system, the equivalent of fears, I'm not sure what your English one's called, or the yellow card system over there. Yeah, yellow card um, we've got, Yeah, yeah, we've got 65,000 injuries, three, three, nearly 4,000 of them are deemed as serious. Now, ones like my son, where he's gone in and out of hospital, like on, on a, just A&E, not actual admittal, they're not mm. counted as serious. So, so the no, serious no form of are really... The serious ones are really like where you've just about died. So amongst that 65,000 are people like my son who a year later are going into hospital with chronic pericarditis. So, um, and there's then many neurological problems and people with all sorts of all sorts of problems that, that it's caused. But I think it's the culpability on that question. I think it's that now if they turn around and admit truly how many of them there are, Mm. they're going to be the you know if the crowd really knew i think how many people were damaged and in new zealand we've we've got a saying over here it's like two degrees of separation around the world you know six degrees of separation in new zealand it's like one degree of separation you know i'll know somebody that knows brett that's how it is here so i think in new zealand there's there's more of an awareness building because people know it's like my son he, when he was in hospital, there was another truck driver from the same firm that was mandated wow. and he saw a picture of him in the hospital and he went, dude, are you in there for your heart too? And he's like, yeah, ongoing from Seriously? the vaccine. You know? And and like and because there's only because there's only five million of us, you know, it's the same. There's probably four or five in his friend group who who got taken away by an ambulance. I asked him for a copy of his ambulance bill and he said, Oh mum, me and my friends that that um got called away by an ambulance called by Healthline we didn't get a bill and I went oh really so never got a bill for the ambulance because Healthline called the ambulance and he said me and my friends and I said what do you mean you and your friends and he said was about four of us got taken away by ambulance so you know what I mean inside the friend groups people are are knowing people inside their own circle so it's not that uncommon yeah I mean I suppose in a way that is a positive I mean if you can spin it that way because it means that more people um are gaining awareness I mean more quickly I mean in this country we're about 60 million odd and there's still a hell of a lot of people that don't think there's anything wrong that think that anyone that speaks out about this um is an anti-vaxxer but I mean for you Brett um you expressed that you um were not getting the COVID vaccine um and you were really afraid for your children i mean do you traditionally are you averse to vaccines do you not trust them or was it just something about this particular vaccine that made you uncomfortable um well the honest truth is i've known about the new world order for a long time and and the operation that's going on is um quite clear to me i've seen it coming i've been watching what's been going on a long time um also you know we we like to take responsibility for our own health as much as we can and um, yeah. not dependent on a, not dependent on a medical system. We, you know, we, um, you know, we, we take care of ourselves and I'm um, not saying that we wouldn't, uh, aren't grateful to have, you know, an emergency department if, if someone breaks a bone or, you know, there's a, that kind of thing needs to happen, but by mm-hmm. and large, um, there's no way I want the government telling me what I'm putting in my body or what, right. to, you know, what, so yeah, um, no way. So and, that's never going to happen. Yeah, and I saw you, Ali, nod as well uh, when Brett mentioned um, the New World Order. I mean, I obviously know what you're talking about with this. Um, a lot of people, including myself, have realised that 
this whole lockdown pandemic scenario is obviously part of a, a wider agenda, you could say. Um, and just for and just for you too, for people that you love to have been victims of of this very clear agenda, I mean, it must ignite a fire inside you. I mean, to want to protect your children, but to also want to speak out. And I can imagine that both of you don't actually want to be viewed as as victims. You you want to be viewed as fighters. Yeah, well, I think that, yeah, I've, I've always, I'm a bit the same as Brett, so I've always been sort of aware of, um, you know, the corporate agendas under everything. Right now we're suffering that in New Zealand. They're about to push through what's, try to push through what's called the Therapeutic Goods Act. So now they've injured the, the Therapeutic Goods Act. So basically they're going to stop you being able to access vitamin C, stop you being able to access natural medicine um, without it. They're going to make it very difficult for anyone producing natural products, which, which raises there's all sorts of concerns in New Zealand because we have natural medicine, Ronga, which is through Māori um, medicine and things like that. So they're going to just basically try and squash that. So now they've injured you. Now they can't do anything because they don't know how to treat a vaccine injury. And now your only choice, which is, um, you know, alternative medicine like my son is receiving now, um, you know, they're going to try and put roadblocks in the way of that. So... And that's all about the pharmaceutical industry lobbying government. And it's the same as Andrew Bridgen. He's spoken yeah. out of turn. You know, all Andrew Bridgen did, and I indeed shared Andrew's videos on the Brilliant. Outdoors Party page because I'm a member of the Outdoors and Freedom Party in New Zealand. Yeah. And, um, you know, all he was doing was asking questions in the House of Commons. That's all oh, he was doing. Oh, you're not allowed? You're not allowed? No one's allowed. allowed. So, you know, all he was doing was trying to raise questions. And... As far as this goes, it's been going on a long time and I had been a campaigner for children who had received vaccine injuries after many years ago a producer that I worked with had a, a, a perfectly normal little groovy little child uh, that was running around the court recording studio and took an MMR shot um, and turned up toes within three hours and was in hospital with a brain swelling in her head. Um, and before that happened, she was potty trained and walking it took five years for her to walk and eight years for her to get potty trained after that. And she's, you know, non, non-communicative now um, because of that shot. And so those were very rare events. But what I learned from, from those um, building awareness around those was mm. that the government was very good at covering that up when that right. happened very occasionally and it was much more occasionally than the COVID-19 um, vaccines have been for injury they were excellent at covering that up I saw back then as a publicist um, a young man that was had been hurt by the DPT vaccine and they'd covered him on his 16th birthday for 20 minutes or one of those programs um, 60 minutes or 2020 Every or one of those minutes. yeah and they'd covered him and then it had come up to the point where it was about to go to ear and they squashed it and they went why is it not going to ear the parents went and they went oh because the Ministry of Health is worried about the DPT. You know, they're worried about the vaccination program if your story gets out. And so they were quite honest way back then about how they were lying and covering up those children to <clears> make <throat> people's trust in the vaccination program be great because if those stories got out, then people wouldn't want to vaccinate their kids, right? Mm. And now we've got a, a, a situation that's on steroids where there's thousands of people injured and they're busy trying to cover those, you know, busy trying to 
make people like Brett and I go away so that we won't talk about it. And it's just it's just the same situation that's been going on for many, many years, but it's on steroids now because the level of the level of injury is really high with this one and they can't just brush whereas before they would brush the odd kid under the under the carpet. Um, another kid I had a an example of had an MMR shot in her thigh. It was a lump there. Um, the doctor said it's just a lump. It, it then grew to the size of a 20 cent piece. And and then it was no longer uh, to do with the vaccine. When they first went, it was, oh, it's just a lump because of that's where the vaccine went in. But when the lump grew, it was like, oh, that's no longer linked because it turned into rhabdomyosarcoma. There's no link between cancer and the vaccine, you see. So that's how they do it by saying there's no link and these peer-reviewed studies show no, you know, there's no link. Right. So you can't say that. But it's like the lump was just a lump because of the shot until it became a lump that grew and turned into cancer. Then it was no longer because of the, you know, it was just coincidental that it was in the exact spot and there'd been lump there from from straight after the back. Yeah, so I've sort of seen how they've, prepared, how they've prepared to be able to cover things up and lie to people. And yeah. so now, I, I mean, I don't know how they're keeping a lid on it and how... And I think it's because people are just suffering a cognitive dissonance. If they admit that there's something wrong, then then they admit they've done something to themselves. And this, you know, so it's, it's kind of like a big thing for people to be able to admit that, you know, this was like Russian roulette and I might not have, I, I, I got away with it, but the ne my next friend next to me didn't get away with it, you know, yeah. and so... Yeah, I, I see it as something that's been ongoing for many years where they've learned to cover up vaccine injury and mm. now it's on steroids and they're trying to keep the lids on everybody speaking out. And it's like, how far does it get until people wake up and go, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, here? well, speaking of, I mean, waking up, I mean, Brad, what has the, what has the response been um, to your story? Um, you obviously featured in, in that documentary. Have Have you been more vocal online i mean what's it been like for you yeah so uh, um uh, initially ashley rory's fiance was um just completely her world completely turned upside down and she went out and spoke out publicly um and did interviews with a few people in new zealand and around the world and and so chris and i just said well we'll just sit back and support ashley and let let the story be told it's mm -hmm. quite a simple story um, so we never really spoke for probably nearly a year. Um, and then we took an interview. Um, uh, mainstream Radio New Zealand approached our lawyer and asked if we'd be interested in an interview. So we spent some time with a interviewer. Um, and really, we, we've just had kind of quite a lot of, you know, kind of silence really from the government. We had a meeting, an informal meeting with the Ministry of Health. So some people from the Ministry of Health right. um, arranged arranged a meeting before um, before the coronial inquest. So there's been an inquest into Rory's death and the inquest is actually still currently underway. It's right. still in process. And what you, you mentioned about informed consent, so that's kind of the core, um, you know, um, thing for the inquest is to find out what informed consent was in the public realm when Rory took the vaccine and also what did Rory get what did he get told mm. well so you know we've been sitting in, in in this lawyer's fest listening to these you know government departments talking about their programs and the f layers of 
bullshit. The papers so 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 heavy with uh, paperwork. Um, but yeah, hidden and hidden in all this information was just little snippets about myocarditis, um, but really nothing overt. There was no uh, um, alert or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 actually, it turns out that after Rory died, they put out a, a proper memorandum and an alert to the to the system to say, look, this thing causes myocarditis. Well, we know, and it's now come out really clearly that they knew a long time before that. They knew months beforehand that myocarditis was an issue internationally, that it was an issue, particularly they say in young men under 30, but it turns yeah. out to be in all people under 30. And they they covered it up. So there's been a deliberate um, uh, politicized campaign within the political system to shut down, to, to silence the thing or make it really quiet about myocarditis and don't put it out there because they, they wanted to get the vaccines out there. They wanted to roll them out. So they just covered it up. And a lot of information's come out even in the last week about that from Official Information Act sources right? Um, that have been sourced from, from government papers. And um, yeah, so we, 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 a lot of people know. People are starting to realise in New Zealand this is going on. I, I don't know how many people know, but, you know, it could be half the population are starting to realise that this isn't legit. And in terms of uh, Jacinda Ardern, I mean, she has been painted as this sort of angel, particularly by people, a lot of people in my country, um, as this, you know, fantastic person. She handled COVID fantastically. Uh, she's this liberal, you know, basically a wet dream of of, of what a prime minister is. Um, mm. Has I mean, was she ever that popular in New Zealand, for one? And number two, um, since the you know, the lockdowns and the jab mandates, has that popularity um, started to wane? Yeah, I'll comment just quickly, and Ellie might have something to say, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, like, I think she was popular early on, and she just uh, still has a level of popularity, but significantly uh, impacted by the fact that she's just a serial liar. And that mm. that's, that's, that's just pretty pretty damn obvious um pretty much whenever she opens her mouth lies come out and that's a kind of a bit of a joke in new zealand um about our prime minister yeah she's 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 just uh she's a bit of a psychopath or a sociopath in my opinion and um yeah yep uh and you ali did you have anything yeah i'd agree with that last comment of brett's actually but um yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that she, you know, she stood up on her podium and said, I am your single source of truth. And when a leader actually stands up and says, I am your single source of truth, if you don't hear it from us, it's not the truth. Um, you're actually living in a bit of a totalitarian state. And she exactly. has been, she has been described as a totalitarian with her uh, speech that she did um, I know that was in the New York Post or something, uh, the speech that she did in the US at the UN. Um, and, you know, I mean, she's, yeah, her team of five million, she had a very, the whole way that that happened, I think, every day at one o'clock, we had the one o'clock briefing. She was consistently a few minutes late. Everybody joined into the one o'clock briefing and there was this whole um almost brainwashing of the population I think the way it was actually done it was done in that way and she always speaks in that soft voice but behind that soft voice is somebody who really doesn't care about people like us Uh, and so 
um, I think her popularity has waned. And the other thing that happened is we that parliament protest that that I wrote the song about and that we talked about, that was not just a protest. It was actually a convoy that was onto Parliament where Parliament was occupied for uh, 23 right. days. And for the viewers, there's actually a, a documentary out there called We Came Here for Freedom. So if people would like to go and have a look at that, um, it shows the real story of what that was about. New Zealanders standing up against the mandates because here the mandates were very much bigger than other countries. They were very across the board. Hospitality, you couldn't work in a bar without being vaccinated. It was everywhere, you know, like, yeah. so people were forced. And young people, you know, your whole life's ahead of you. And when you're young, you know, like a month down the track seems like a long way away, whereas really they only, like my daughter that didn't get done, she pulled out of hospitality, got mandated, got fired from her job and she just sat at home and waited for three or four months until the mandates fell over and then she's back yeah. working in a cafe again, you that's know. That's the thing. And, and that happened when there was only a handful of cases. Yeah, Sorry? I mean, if, that was the thing. It was the brainwashing, trying to instill a sense of urgency and fear within people that would provoke yes. them to comply against a lot of their instincts, actually. I was speaking with... Um, a young man called Maxwell Harrison. He was an international ballroom dancer, uh, scarring of the heart, can never really dance again. Um, his life is ruined, basically. And he said that yeah. when he was first injected, it was almost, it was a very solemn day for him when he got back to the car, his dad was waiting for him and he felt weird, he said. Something just didn't feel right. And then after that, you know, he experienced extreme pains. But just for your children... Um, Ali, you know, your son experienced, uh, you know, a vaccine injury. Brent, um, your son sadly lost his life. For your other children, um, were they very trusting of the government previously um, and the narrative? And has it changed their view at all now they've had these awful experiences? Um, just to go to you, Brett, first. Yeah, so um, I'd say um, they were pretty sceptical. Um, um, and but my daughter actually took took a shot, you know, for work, and um, ended up in in hospital twice um, with heart issues, and has still had some challenges. Um, so that's you know that's an on ongoing thing. Um, we were pretty worried at one point um, that we were going to lose our, our daughter as well. I'm so sorry. But yeah, but um, no. So they're um, they're they're strong. Um, they're 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 awake, um, mm -hmm. and they are taking you know they're they're exercising personal agency and taking responsibility for their own lives and their own bodies. Yeah, and um, they I think they have uh, quite strong and quite clear perspectives on um, you know the truth of what's really going on. So yeah. So, that's yeah, so they understand because I think the source for a lot of these new age authoritarians like Jacinda, like Trudeau, um, that they can really appeal to the young because young people don't actually have any sort of recollection of what it's yeah. like to have your rights taken away. Well, and we're going through a, you know, there's a, sorry to interrupt you, there's a massive, no um, there's a massive um, campaign and Jacinda's a part of a, a, a global network of people that are yeah. working to, to shut down free speech. So she's quite a, a high level player in that system and New Zealand's, you know, kind of leading the way in some ways with mm. that. Um, so, um, 
you know, they're really, really, um, it was on, it's been on the, on the news, you know, in the last sort of 24 hours, um, putting campaign out there about misinformation and disinformation, teaching children in schools. Oh, it's you happening know, so here really, as well with the, um, yeah, they're the really, they're online really safety bill. The minds of the young. Yeah, they, they really want to capture the minds of the young ones and um, they're, they're really going hard out on that. So, so yeah, it's a, it's a social engineering, um, you know, you could call it mind control. There's a, there's a level of mind control in it. It's programming and, and all of that stuff going on. So, yeah, uh, we're all, we're aware of it. There's a lot of people who look straight through it, and they just mm. go, you know, this is just nonsense. But uh, unfortunately, there's still vast swathes of people who believe it and um, seem to want to conform and um, at any to any, you know, they'll they'll pretty much do anything. You it's know, for convenience, I think, just fear of their their life being ruined. I mean, for you, Ali, what about um, your children? Yeah. Well, um, pretty much, they're pretty aware, like um, like Brett's kids are, and I mean, I, I would have to say that as a family, we actually despise the Prime Minister, um, but we yeah, also not, look beyond you. her, we, we look beyond her, so we know that she's part of a global network, so we're very aware of that, and going back to that protest, you know, all there were, it was full of vaccine injured people, people mandated out of their jobs that just wanted it to stop and go backwards. Mm. And not one parliamentarian walked out. Our Prime Minister actually convinced both sides of the House, including the opposition, to not come out and see the protesters. So they stayed there and camped on the lawns waiting for somebody to walk out and not one of them did. And I mean, that's what people don't realise. It's not just Jacinda Ardern had the other side of the House, which is Christopher Luxon and the National Party. Had they have been in, the same thing would have happened exactly. because these people are being are being run by the United Nations and World Economic Forum. And, of course, Jacinda Ardern is seen as the star child like Trudeau. Young global um, leader. Of, yeah, yeah. As, as a young global leader. And uh, and she's following that tack. And then we've – I mean, I do wonder, you know, when you've got people like Klaus Schwab out there boasting about the fact that they've infiltrated government cabinets and people don't see that as a national security risk in their country, I – have a trouble understanding that so we yes we we do not like the government we are non-trusting of them but we realize that the strings are pulling being pulled by big business pharmaceutical lobbyists and those big bodies like the un and the wef that are that are putting down you know they're putting their their global leaders like jacinda Ardern yeah into power um but they're infiltrating cabinets everywhere all around the world it's not just in new zealand yeah, I mean, interestingly, in, in this country, you mentioned the opposition and, you know, it wouldn't have been the same. But I think, interestingly, what it revealed to me particularly and a lot of other people is that when it really comes down to it, when it really comes to crunch time, when there is an existential crisis in um, our respective countries, there is no opposition. There is no... no democracy really is there they are literally all one um even in my country the labor party agreed with really everything that the government did during the pandemic in fact they wanted longer harder faster lockdowns um they wanted you know more expansive mandates uh there was only a few labor mps that were actually against uh, vaccine passports actually um but 
none of them have really spoken out against vaccine harm. So I think that renders their anti-lockdown stance and anti-vaccine passport stance redundant, if if I'm being honest, if you can't talk about the victims. But yeah, you are completely right. When it comes to it, that opposition just completely disappears. I mean, going forward, um, someone called Patriots Flow just said two cheeks of the same ass, which... That's <laughs> <laughs> which is a very, yeah, which is a very, a very British yeah. term, and someone yeah, is actually watching the vulture. Yeah, yeah, two wings of the vulture is another is a is another term, and um, I've heard right. my my Maori friend refer to that two two cheeks of the nono, which is, <laughs> which is, which is well, hey, with your friend just stood there in the chat. Well, there you go. And I think um, just for both of you, Brad, I want you to answer this first. Um, I know this is probably a, a bit of a heavy question because no one, no one really knows where where this is going to go, what's going to happen. You know, I think that I'm really positive. I think that collectively people are starting to realise, start, are starting to wake up. But I mean... What do you see going forward in terms of uh, the political trajectory of, of your country? I mean, a few years from now, where do you see it? Are you optimistic? Are you not? Um, I'd like to be optimistic. Um, and there's a part of me which is, um, you know, I, I, have, I have quite a bit of faith and um, I believe in divine power. Um, and there's a part of me which... Um, We'll never give up. And, what do you mean um, by divine and, power? Sorry, just so people understand. Well, I, I, I believe there's a God. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a God in heaven and, and on earth. Mm -hmm. That's 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 my belief. Um, so um, yeah, there's 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 you know I, I you know so it gives me hope in a sense that 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 you know that I will have the power to fight that I will have the power to stand up and that others will wake up as well mm -hmm. and that together we will be able to create a world which is healthy and happy and um, and we can enjoy those days of sunshine like we did when we were kids and for and a, a deep sense of freedom which is pretty much gone from New Zealand now so mm -hmm. um, but you know do, w will that happen um, at the moment, there's a there, these this agenda is powerful. They have pretty much all the money, and uh, and they're pretty much controlling the whole operation going out. So um, I think it's going to get challenging before it gets better. Mm -hmm. And and yourself, Ali? Yeah, I'm pretty pretty much similar similar views actually to Brett. So I do believe that that underneath it all, it is a, a good versus evil. Mm. Um, Personally, I would like to see something like the Nuremberg trials come back because this has been an experiment. They have lied. I mean, yeah. you know, you've got the European Parliament with Pfizer admitting that they never tested the vaccine for transmission. Well, guess what? The mandates that forced our children to get it were, were based, based upon it. Ability for somebody to transmit the disease to the other. If that's not a criminal action, I don't know what is. Um, and I do have faith that somewhere down there there is you know, there may be something like the Nuremberg trials come back up and they will look at the lies that have been told and people will, you know, be accountable. But then I also am like Brett and that I believe in a God and I believe that that accountability is coming their way anyway, uh, if not in this lifetime, then beyond it. But mm. um, it is, it is um, I guess... I was always a campaigner and now I actually have a vaccine-injured son, whereas before I was a campaigner 
for people with vaccine injury and always have been. And mm. so um, it's just strengthened my resolve. Um, what's happened to us as a family has strengthened and my it's resolve. Real. It's and it's real, real because you so and many people real. are told that you are I, not I'm real, so that you're the music industry. I, and I totally get it, that music industry, and one of the few artists um, that stepped up there, big guys, is Van Morrison and Eric Clapton, you know, and Van Morrison's got a song that says, where have all the rebels gone? And mm. and it's like, where are the music people that should be standing up through art and um, actually, you know, speaking out through art? And, like, I, I'm one of a tiny little handful of, of musicians in New Zealand that that have stood up and written songs about this, but there aren't many out. But I encourage people to support those that are doing that uh, mm -hmm. in the arts because I think there's often art can speak where people can't. And so, you know, that's a helpful thing as well on the side. But, yeah, I think um, I'm, I'm positive about the more people stand up, the more we fight, the more we join together, there's, you know... Um, I agree, yeah. and there's and there's more and more people are waking up each day, and and you two, um, are absolutely amazing. This is um, actually, the documentary that I'm referring to. It's on Rumble. Um, it's called New Zealand Documentary Memorial Day: Silent No More. Um, as you can see, it's been viewed 134,000 times. Um, and it was released uh just over a month ago. Um, so please, everyone do check this out. It's on Rumble. I'll also be uh, including the link um, below. And uh, just again, thank you to you, um, Ali and Brett, for really just taking the time to speak with me tonight. I really, really appreciate it. And um, I hope to check in with you and, and speak to you both again soon. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dominic. Thank you, thank you for having us thank on you, and, and giving us right. time. Enjoy the rest yeah. of your day, guys. Bye. Thank you then. See you. So uh, that was an amazing and insightful conversation. And, you know, the subjects were really heavy, um, but it did actually instill me with some hope because it demonstrates that the movement um, is global. It is global. And it's not going away anytime soon because so many people aren't just awake to sort of the, the damage that these vaccines have done to a lot of people and these people are being routinely and perpetually ignored. Um, but it's also exposing that, a lot of people are actually awake to other things um, that are actually going on. So I cannot look at... I'm just going to hop back to Getter. I see we've had 4.5k views. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. I just I want to go through some of, you, some of the comments here. Snarky Mark, hello. Thank you. Do yeah, missed you from Sweden. Have you seen Rebel asking questions for Pfizer? Yes, I have. I have seen it. Um, Rebel News are absolutely amazing. Um, the work they do is really integral. Uh, we've got someone from the UK actually attending Davos. We've got Calvin Robinson, who is a GB News presenter um, and an Anglican deacon. Um, and he's there asking some important questions as well, which is amazing. Mark CF83, good evening. Sammy Ann, hello, Sammy. Thank you for always tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm from Canada. Unfortunately, people who have no connection with people who have suffered side effects of or from the job, don't or won't believe. Do you know, I mean, I don't know anyone personally that has died or that has been seriously injured. I know um, I have a, a close friend that suspects his heart problems and bowel problems um, were caused by the vaccine, but these were um, short-term 
effects. Um, I still see and I believe and I've sought out the people that have been injured and I've it's taken me all the way to flipping New Zealand and I've exposed myself to that information because I have empathy. Um, so, yeah. Gerald J, Australia got it bad. Uh, New Zealand is different, I understand the lockdowns. Every nation never forget what they did to us for three years. I completely agree. I'm an ICU nurse and I've had many PTS suffer cardiac events despite no history or indi indicators of. Who will hold them responsible and how? The House Conservatives in America and Elon in Twitter are exposing. I agree. No step on snack, poor lad. I'm assuming you're referring to Rory. I know that story was absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, but again, do watch that documentary. Um, it's only 22 minutes long, but it's a really, really important one. Let me just scroll down. There's quite a lot of comments. They'll never admit what they've done. Once admitted, can you imagine the floodgate claims? I mean, I have to agree. I do have to agree. Well, anyway, guys, um, I am going to be leaving for tonight. Um, thank you all um, for tuning in. And do make sure you watch that documentary. I'll, I'll include the link um, on Twitter and also on my getter as well. So thanks again. Bye.